Jack. Yeah. I'm going to fuck your brains out. I didn't like the sound of that. Welcome to the Blind Rage Podcast. This is Brandon Ford. I'm very happy to announce that I have Charlie Glover here with me again. How's it going, buddy? Doing well. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming back. Anytime. Yeah, last time we had Charlie on, we did kind of an intense movie. And this one, despite having the word chainsaw in the title, is a little more upbeat So this week we are doing the 19, uh, what is it? Is it 88? I think it's 88. Uh, 88 cult classic Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers starring Linnea Quigley, Michelle Bauer, Jay Richardson, and Gunnar Hansen. So you've seen this one, right? Oh, Yes. Gunner has some other face. Yeah, this uh, Fred Olin Ray is a classic B movie director. Very interesting. He started out with the B movie semi porn, and now he does Hallmark Christmas movies. Yeah, so he's, he's had a very varied career. He did a half Helen McCoy movie with Chris, with uh, Christian Slater, sort of in the middle of all of that. Which one was that? So, uh, half Hills and McCoys. It was oh. one. It was an hour and a half. It wasn't the long one, the miniseries oh. with Kevin Costner. It was. Uh, it was a shorter one. It was like a made-for-cable. Was oh. just pretty good. There's another. Just, there's another director who uh, used to work with Linnea all the time in the '80s. Uh, David Dakota, who um, he did uh, Sorority Babes and Slam Ball Ball Around Land Creepazoids and a bunch of other stuff. And he does a lot of movies for, for Hallmark now, too. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, I guess that's where it's the money like a, is. I guess. Yeah, it's like an elephant's graveyard for 80s B-movie directors. Yeah. And they, they make they a lot of them. They churn them out. They churn yeah, them that's crazy. what I was going like to say. The, the Full House cast has made a mint off of coming back and making these things. Well, and I Jody think that's Sweet and get her career back and went into him. You've got Candace Cameron. You've got uh, uh, what's your name, Sabrina the Tori Teenage Spelling Witch, Melissa Joan Hart, does Melissa Joan Hart. Yeah, okay, that's, they, that's where a lot of uh, yeah. I mean, they the actresses use the same script a lot. It's all pretty interesting. But, but I think that they they probably use uh, directors like Fred Olin Ray and David Dakota because they have made movies um, in like four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They They can do a lot with a small budget. They can do a movie in, you know, four days or two weeks is usually their average film time. Uh, You get a a good cast that can memorize some lines and roll through them. Mm -hmm. And these guys were good at that. uh, Quigley, she writes a lot about that in her autobiography that most of the time there's between four days and two weeks. They say everybody shows up on time. You get the job done. You work really quickly and then you go... So, but you don't make a lot of money. I, that's why you have to do so many of them. Yeah. That's why I mean, 
Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I was, you make I your think, four grand and then you do another one and you, I guess it somehow it calculates. There, yeah, there's a, uh, there's a documentary I saw. I remember with uh, Debbie Rashawn and she was saying how, you know, like uh, friends uh, had noticed how busy she was and that she had done like 25 movies in a year. And she was like, yeah, and I still couldn't pay all my bills. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, being a screen queen is not very lucrative. No, but, so, there was a girl that um, is a friend of mine is a music producer and she was going to record an album with him and she got paid $2,000 for doing a B movie. And she was one of the lead characters in it too. Which one was like, that? I hate to, I hate to, don't ask me right now. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> the moral of the story is that she made a movie for $2,000 and she did like two days of shooting and she got paid and then that was the end of it. I think it had um, um, Brian Austin Green was the main character. Oh, that's not good. So, yeah, but I think that's where most of the money went. Well, that would be pretty scary. He probably had to buy a car or, you know, make a payment on his condo or something and Child support, who the fuck knows? Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Uh, but first I gotta get the plugs out of the way. I'd like to encourage everybody to check out my books in um hardcover, paperback, and Kindle editions on Amazon.com by typing in Brandon Ford. You'll also find my author page, which you can subscribe to to get email notifications whenever I have a new release. If you prefer audiobooks, I have several titles available on Audible. Just type in Brandon Ford and you can find them there. If you don't already, please follow me and follow me on Instagram at writer Brandon Ford. You can also follow me on both Letterboxd and Twitter at Brandon Ford. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, suggestions, suggestions recommendations you can email me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com please don't forget to drop by the blind rage podcast official facebook page to like and subscribe and most importantly please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the blind rage podcast on your preferred public publishing on your preferred podcasting platform. I never said I was a professional. So, um, Charlie, what do you want to what do you want to plug? I have some upcoming releases potentially in the next year or so, give or take. The time frame I can't really say, but you can look me up on Facebook as Charlie Glover. Uh, Charlie Glover. I'm also friends with Brandon. You can find me through his that way, um, and you can stay posted through that. Yeah, you can find him because he looks exactly, from what I remember, like Sean William Scott. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) I remember I told you that once a long time ago, and you just didn't respond. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I've heard that a good bit. I wonder if he took that as an insult. (laughs) No, no. He's a great actor. I love the movie Rundown. It's a classic. Caca. Caca. Uh, but no, so in addition to looking like him, I, uh, I write supernatural fiction, supernatural mysteries. I write some horror stories. So if you're into that, look me up. There you go. And he actually owns his very own copy of Lene Quigley's Bio and Chainsaw book. It is. 
Very Hard to Find from River First Publishing. And um, excellent. Been a fan of her yeah. since I was probably, since I can remember. I don't think you, I don't think you discover Linnea quickly later in life. I think that's somebody that we grew up with. Yeah. I've enjoyed her since um, Return of the Living Dead, uh, Sorority Babes, of course, and the Slimeball Bolarama is one of my favorites. Sure. She's got a pretty massive uh, body of work. She does. There's this one movie that she did. Um, I don't know why, because it's not very good, but I just kind of want to see it again. It's called Animals. came out in um, 99, and it's it's a paint-by-numbers movie um, about a family-owned vacation, and they get... Uh, they get a kind of attacked by this inbred family who live in the woods. Um, very cheap, very low budget, but it's it's hard to find, and I haven't been able to find it on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I would like to see that again. Um, I haven't seen that one yet. No. What are your you What are you, you like? Um, have you ever seen any of her comedies? Uh, Vice Academy, if you consider that a comedy. The, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are pretty good. I like that. I like Creepazoids. I know that's probably like, I mean, half of her movies I would consider to be comedies, whether they're supposed to be or not. But yes, I didn't. Yeah, the Vice Academy attention. movies are pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I like Vice Academy. Um, um, Assault of the Party Nerds as well, she's known for. Um, I don't know. Whenever I think of Scream Queens, I always think she's the first thing that I go to. I think yeah, she's, she's like one of the originals. One. Yeah. Um. So, have you seen any uh, new movies lately? Have you read any good books? Anything you want to share with us? I've read the last book I read was by one of my friends, Mark Allen Gunnels, and it's called um, Tales from the Typewriter. It's a very interesting book. It's a short story collection, but like the wraparound story is about a guy who buys in an auction a typewriter that was owned by a novelist that had written one potentially important short story collection and never turned out anything else again. And then he finds that if he puts paper in the typewriter, it will write its own stories and it generates works by this dead writer. Then, you know, of course, the stories in the collection or stories that are written by the typewriter. So it was a good mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. How about, How about you? Oh, um, no, I haven't even, I haven't, um, I haven't uh, been reading as much as I will. I'm very fickle. Movie-wise, the last thing I watched was a picture of Dorian Gray. It's the uh, old Angela Lansbury version with Donna Reed. And that one, it's, it's an older movie. There's actually a, um, this the cat statue that's in Dorian Gray in the movie that he somewhat, you know, sells his soul to and becomes eternally young is identical to the cat statue in this movie that we're about to watch that we see towards the end during the ritual. Mm. So... I guess that would make Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers an indirect sequel to the picture of Dorian Gray. 
<laughs> You're reaching a little bit there. But, yeah, oh, my okay. suspension of disbelief is pretty strong. And other than that, I've been like marathoning the old NCIS um, reruns. Not really pertinent to horror, except that, you know, there's a private detective in this and it's a cop show. But other than that, I haven't watched as, I have as many movies here lately. Mm. Cool, cool. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, uh, there's a few movies that I've been wanting to watch or see, but I haven't had the opportunity. Oh, but I did just today get in the mail my German Blu-ray import of Dr. Giggles. So I'm Outstanding. excited about that. Nice. Yeah, you like Doctor Giggles? Love that movie. Larry Drake is hilarious. Fuck yeah! Wow, classic. I know. What kind of special features does this have? I don't think anything. Oh, okay. I don't know. I haven't opened it yet. It's still in the plastic. Oh, nice. Yeah, I miss that movie. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I remember. when it first came out, seeing the uh, the ads for it on TV, I'm like, that looks fucking awesome. I could not wait to see it, and I was not disappointed. No. That was good. That was back. That was right up there with uh, Dartman and Shocker. Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I think it's since developed something of a cult following, but a lot of people generally are not fans of it. But um, I don't know why. Because they're stupid. Yeah, yeah. I'm disappointed in people that don't like Dr. Giggles. Yeah, I and I always love a, a dark, dark comedy like that. You know, people because of the uh, because of Freddy and everything. I think at that time, a lot of horror fans had zero tolerance for villains with one-liners, but his were funny. Yeah, they were. I I, really, I think that Freddy Krueger was really the only villain with one-liners up until that point. Well, you had Chucky. Of course, yeah, yeah. Chucky, the first three in that series were actually pretty good movies. Yeah, I haven't seen the remake yet, so I can't really comment. I don't think you want to do that. The the Mark Hamill version. I mean, how can you how can you not have Brad Dourif doing Chucky? I didn't like it. I mean, I a lot of people did like it, but I just you know, Brad Dourif. It's like it, it's like having somebody else play Freddy. Brad Dourif. Yeah, that, that, yeah, they tried that too, and that didn't work. I mean, yeah, that work. was that did not work at all. No, um, even Jackie O'Haley. Though he may have looked a little bit like Freddy, it was just not quite the same. No, you can't have Freddy Krueger not being funny. Uh-uh. He was he was awful. I hated that fucking movie. But I I might I might like to do like a uh, a riff tracks on it just to fucking <laughs> yeah make fun of it. Right. Um, I did do I I did one I did a solo one for the Friday the 13th remake and I fully intended on <laughs> I fully intended on making fun of it the whole time 
but I was just angry. <laughs> it was, it was straight was by the angry. numbers. It was not horrid, but it wasn't good at the same oh, time. Oh, I thought it was oh, horrid. I was just angry because it was so fucking stupid. And I was angry at myself for making myself watch it. Everybody died in a ridiculous way. They get mm. rid of them in a weird way. Mm. It was, I mean, like the bloody murder movies that they did that were total ripoffs of Friday the 13th. Oh, were you know that? the Friday the 13th remake. And there were two of those movies, and his name was Trevor something. Trevor Morehouse, motherfucker. Trevor Morehouse. Trevor Morehouse. <laughs> and those movies were classics in their own Dang. regard. Yeah. And yeah. I remember, I remember when I watched it. I'm like, man, this is just. I don't think they remake it come out yet. And then when they made a sequel to it, I was no, like, yeah, now they're making a franchise out of a ripoff of a franchise, and it's just like totally, totally blatant. And they were fun. I remember I used to be on this message board, and there was a guy on there who was weirdly obsessed with the first bloody murder movie and he did what he called an in-depth analysis of the movie where he went frame by frame literally and had a counter of like two seconds of the movie what you see on screen five seconds of the movie through the entire thing wow yeah it was a little crazy that's obsessive. That's uh, that's bit. dedication. It yeah, gotta give him that. That that is something that I was I was uh, thinking about doing for the for the show. The frame by frame. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we have a twenty-four a hour show. A, a bloody Mary, a bloody murder. No a commentary good. for uh, for bloody for bloody murder. <laughs> that might be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. You do a double feature on that one, maybe. Yeah. All right. Okay, but yeah. for now, we are doing Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, which is also super fun. Yes, yeah, I mean, has it's got private of, detectives. It's got a lot of nudity. It's got a lot, a lot of boobies. A lot of chainsaws. And Gunner then, Hansen. It's got Leatherface himself. Yeah. All right. So if you want to watch along with us, you said it's on YouTube, right? It's on YouTube, but you're going to have to go through a couple of, it might have another commentary involved or it might have, you can probably find it. I mean, I don't, I, I couldn't. Yeah, find I think, I think this one's relatively just the easy movie, to find. There's one on YouTube where it's like a David Lee Roth video and then it goes into the movie. If, if you can find that, you can probably find it on Shudder. Um, yeah, it might even be on Prime or something like that. Um. How could you just not have a copy sitting around? I mean. Okay. Anyhow. All right, here we go. So we're going to get started in a three with a three count. So if you want to watch along, start your movie on play. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. I was listening to a commentary that Fred did for 
Um, this disclaimer is nice. Sorry, well, that's what I was about to say. These are the motion picture are real and dangerous, and they're handled by professionals. My conscience is clear. My conscience is clear. That's my favorite part. Especially if you are naked and about to engage in strenuous sex. That's funny. But um, he did a a commentary for um. Oh fuck me. Go on. Um. Why is the name escaping me? I keep Killer Tunes. Is that what it's called? I think I might have had a stroke. I know it's not Terror Tunes because that one was terrible. Um, the cartoon one. Fuck. But he said that he used to do the. Um, he used to do all those disclaimers at the beginning of of uh, many of his movies, and he. He was like, I really have no idea why I did them. I guess I thought they were funny at the time. And is this the device? Yeah, that's the I think it's interesting that her character's name is Lori. Mm-hmm. wonder what that's a reference to. You know, in this. the... I don't know if it, this is still the case, but in the UK... They couldn't call this Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Um, so they just call it Hollywood Hookers, but the Chainsaw Blade is there. So uh-huh. it's basically Hollywood Chainsaw Blade Hookers. So you see the chainsaw and then you see... You see the chainsaw blade. So there's a picture of a chainsaw there instead of the There's a picture of a chainsaw, word. but not the word. Nope. So you can have hookers in the movie, but you can't have chainsaw. That's correct. They have their own rating system. They're a little weird over there. Don't understand it. Michelle well, McConnell, she's a great actress. Who is in she? Her right, in her right. She, I, um... Oh, this Michelle guy, Bauer. Yeah. Uh, this guy, Dookie Flyswatter, his name's about to pop up in a minute. Yeah, the bartender. Was actually the imp in Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot that Michelle went by Michelle McClellan Bauer. uh, But then she dropped the McClellan. Yeah, Dookie Flyswatter has been in a lot of Fred's movies. Yeah. I can't remember his real name. But it's clearly not Dookie Flyswatter. No, Um, no, it's like Richard something out of something. I don't even remember. I can't pretend to remember right now. I think he might have died. Now he's still alive. He's just, I think he's got something coming up that he's either does a voice or he's an actor in. He's still around. He just didn't do very much past the mid-90s. Hmm. And some of his stuff is voiceover, and sometimes he appears, you know, in person. This one, he's in person. He plays the bartender. Yeah, and I'm, I've, I've heard people speculate about what exactly his character was if he was more than a bartender if he was he's, a part he is, he's evil he's a part of the underground what's going on he shows up with them too oh does he yeah he's like a you'll see him later he's like a druid or something like that but he's, he's definitely involved oh shit every time I look out my window it hits me awesome. so we hear about that yeah I love the CD the, uh... detective story as well 
the film noir parody. He must have had one wicked sense of humor. Things have been yeah, the narration in this is classic. That deadpan detective narrative. Mm -hmm. Smokes too many cigarettes, hasn't shaved. My favorite yeah. line is I slipped on a piece of shit and I landed here. <laughs> he, uh, um, Jay Richardson has been doing, you probably have seen him where you are in your region, but he's been doing commercials for, um, for lawyers. Uh, it's like, you know, basically fucking, um, uh, slip and fall lawyers. Uh, like know. ambulance chasers. Yeah, exactly. Classic. I can see that. This guy, that guy looked like Cheech Marin walking by. There's Dookie Flyswatter. You see his back. This girl. Yeah, you like Michelle? Yeah, Michelle's cool. She um, she hasn't done as many movies as I would have liked. I thought she was really funny in um, Sorority Babes. Yeah, I think that movie was all of those girls at their best. You from around here? Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah, just down here for. It's Bobo Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you some kind of a clown? There's Gunnar Hansen. She is a bit of the crazy eyes in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I love the uh, room that she takes him back to. It's so fucking cheap. Oh, yeah. It's, it's got a right picture of, of Elvis and Christmas lights. But it's just basically four walls. Or three, three walls. It's, three, it's, definitely It's three. something right out of a porno movie. It's clearly a set. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. And nobody really leans against any of the walls either. The whole thing would probably come down. Uh -uh. Yeah, they had to take those walls down to make room for the uh, the big chainsaw dance at the end. Definitely. It's probably the same room that uh, the detective's sleeping with a girl in later. Now, isn't Linnea's character supposed to be like 15? I don't think she was supposed to be that young. I'm pretty, well, 15 or 16. She's going to be at least, I mean, she's old enough to wear her parents' color in as a missing person, but she's also old enough to be able to. Well, I think she had a fake ID or something. Or, may, or maybe you're just not supposed to question it. I tried not to. <laughs> I mean, you see her naked enough times that she ends up with a detective at the end. 
So yeah, so that's. I why mean, I clearly they're together weird. as a couple. So I mean, she's, she's got to be legal. She's going to be legal in some manner. Here's and a moto, the, moto, moto. Yeah, the, the last line of the movie is she's got a great pair of tits. <laughs> Yeah, this is nice. Pair of ice skates sitting on top of the floor fan. <laughs> All this stuff in a motel room. Yeah. So when did you first see this one? This uh, probably many years ago. Many, many. Back when you rented them on VHS at the local video store. You seen it a lot. A couple of times. I saw it, you know, when I was younger, and then I didn't see it again up until we talked about doing this. I um, I saw it probably when I was about fifteen or sixteen. I definitely this. If I had access to it earlier in life, it would have been something that I'd seen at a much younger age, but I couldn't find it um, because this was not a time when movies, especially movies like this, were so easily accessible. And um, if the video store didn't have it, you didn't, you you know, you were shit out of luck. And um, then, like, I don't out of nowhere uh, Cinemax just played it one night and I was like oh shit because it was one that I'd been wanting to see okay we had a couple of video stores in town and they had a wide wide variety of all of the horror movies from back then Burt Gordon Fred Olin Ray like all of those guys and the Linnea Quigley like I mean name it like the Food of the Gods 2 they had just all kinds of schlock Oh, I can't believe you just. Yeah, I just went through. I mean, it was wonderful. We had sleepovers and brought a handful of them. I can't believe you just brought up Food of the Gods. I totally forgot about that movie, and I was thinking about it recently. I was going to check it out. Yeah, Gordon did the first one, and it was an H.G. Wells book. And then the second one was just a total killer rat movie, and it was actually sort of felt bad for the rat at the end. Oh, like the best character in the movie. But yeah, those were some interesting. The the first one was pretty cool because they had those little toy sets and then like real rats running around knocking everything over. <laughs> you gotta cover the Elvis. You gotta you gotta protect the Elvis painting. Yeah, because she gets carried away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other painting already has splatters all over it. <laughs> it's like a Pollock painting, so it doesn't even really matter, you know. This is definitely, this movie is definitely a product of the 80s because she's totally ass naked and he's totally still wearing <laughs> he everything he had even, when he left the bar. He doesn't even have a button undone. No, you don't even see a chest hair. Relax, baby, relax. And the hair is still perfect on her. But then in a second, when she has a chainsaw, the shower cap's all the way on. Yeah, it's on perfectly. Yeah. 
big surprise. Oh, no. When a hooker with crazy eyes tells you to yeah, close, close your yours, <laughs> you don't, you don't do that. Yeah, you don't know, no. Oh yeah, baby, that's it. Oh, take me to heaven. Oh. Take me to heaven. <laughs> Your request <laughs> by demand. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, this is just people throwing cup like yeah, styrofoam cups of blood at blood it. Blood and a foot. I like the hand that's gra that grabs their boob and she just pulls it off. <laughs> Funny. You could tell she's having a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah, you know they enjoyed making this. Ah, I remember that going on a little bit longer. Isn't there a line about um, when they say they uh, they worship chainsaws? It's like who do you? I think Jay says, "Who do you play to? Pray to Black and Decker." <laughs> yeah, he was in. Um, he was in the Vice Academy movies too with Linnea. See, this was in during this time. They were all like a family. It was like a lot of the actresses worked with the same directors. A lot of actors worked with each other. Yeah. Um, and Linnea, Michelle, and Brink Stevens were considered, you know, the biggest. They were like the creme de la creme at, the, at that time. I have no idea who the new screen queens are. I mean, like, there's still some who are... Who are um, still working regularly, but weren't around during this time. Um, like Tiffany Shepis, um and Debbie Rashan and sadly, Julie Strain passed away. Uh, that still gets me. She was so young. Um, but... Uh, I, because movies are so different, they don't really make movies like this anymore. You know, it's like, you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you don't really have screen queens and final girls as, as much as you used to. Because, I, yeah, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with, especially with horror, um, they're so, they're made so quickly and so cheaply, and they're just thrown up on streaming services and either you see them or you don't. And then they're just forgotten about, you know? Yeah. I know a lot of the Netflix originals use some of the same cast members and in their TV shows and in their movies. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of any names that come to mind of a teenager. Yeah, but they don't make horror movies like, they don't make horror movies like this. Because these, these are just meant to be fun. What the hell? Why not? These were totally popcorn movies. Have some men bring the Cuisinart queen in from... The Cuisinart queen? <laughs> 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 she is a weird 80-yard 
laugh that I I never understood why they did that. Daddy's a runaways. Bring her in. You can wait outside the door. Yes, sir. Sit down. She still got her, you know, hooker ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. The makeup is still perfect. Look at the mm -hmm. size of the lock. They have the biggest lock in the world on their wrist. What's your name, sweetheart? Lori, what do you Surprised she's not smoking a cigarette. From around here, Lori? Uh huh. You ever been to Oxnard? No, but I've been around the world a few times. You ever seen this girl? Pretty sure that's a wig, too. What's the matter? Has to be. Right there. That weird laugh. <laughs> yeah. That was Lou. That had to be. And you know, we were talking about later, we were talking about Joe Bob Briggs off off mic. Um, one of the main things I always loved about him was that he uh, brought these kinds of movies to a larger audience with uh, Monster Vision and and uh, Joe Bob at the Drive-In. Um, he did that on the Movie Channel. But yeah, he would introduce movies that you know you'd, you'd never heard of if you weren't in the know yeah. and you didn't you know you weren't you didn't know what Lemmy quickly was or anything like that um and because i couldn't find it anywhere another one i couldn't find anywhere um that i finally saw because of him was uh slaughter high back in the 90s when i was in high school and it's just crazy to me now when when i think about all these movies that i I could never find and I just used to look at video guides and dream about seeing them and they're all like so easily accessible either online or just on blu-ray or whatever you could just oh find yeah everything. they're easy they're everywhere now but back then you could rent them and then there was that whole long period between when everything when VHS died and DVD started before they all started coming out on DVD mm-hmm they have a matchbook wrapped up in a piece of plastic. However, the condom and everything else, and the fingers are just in the bag with everything else. Mm -hmm. Don't put that in evidence bag or anything. Yeah, Slaughter High was a classic. Cutting Class was a good one. Oh my God! That was the last. Brad You're the only movie. other person. You're the only other person in the world I met who likes Cutting Class. And they have, like, it was it Martin Mull that was the guy on the hunting trip that gets lost? Yeah, in the he was the, the whole father. Yeah. 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 And he just, like, staggers around. It's just absolutely pointless to the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's basically all he did for the duration of the movie. That's a movie Brad Pitt would like to forget, I'm sure. Oh, probably so. That was one you never knew that guy was going to make it when you saw that movie. Like when you saw George Clooney was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes, 
And return to horror high. Yeah. This guy is just kicking all over that girl who hasn't moved. She doesn't move until he tries to leave. You know who always <laughs> I always thought looked like Something a fucking total creeper is the guy who wanted to take the pictures with the baseball bat. And then she clubs him. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. In, in this. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. This is funny. The, the Being a dick is a 24-hour-a-day job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm going wherever I want. She was happy when... A picture of Jesus on the wall back there. That's perfect. What can I tell you? The kids just love me. I told her I'd be real careful and come back as soon as I could. Tears He worked a lot, Jay Richardson, back in the day. Meanwhile, across town. He was basically, you know, for lack of a better term he was a screen queen in his own right because he did so many of these movies with a lot of the same girls I don't remember him as well I remember seeing him and stuff but yeah he was yeah he was he was pretty prolific this is the art on the walls in these movies this is a picture of Prince Charles and Princess Di up on there Underneath the guy that's sitting down. Sounds like the cure. Um, on the, uh, during the, the dance of the, of the chainsaws. Toward the end, um, those what were they? Those tomb things. Um, they were reused from the movie Vamp. Have you seen that with Grace Jones? Oh yes. Vamp with a Chris Makepeace. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, they they use the same uh, tomb things in them, and um. Michelle Bauer was supposed to be in that movie and I don't I don't remember exactly what happened but I think she was supposed to work on it for a day as like a in a small role and mm-hmm. they just had her waiting in the trailer the whole time and nobody ever came to got her didn't know nobody ever to get her and um, <laughs> and um yeah, uh, she talks about it on the, the supplemental materials on one of the DVDs for this. And she said, you know, when she saw those things, because she had since seen Vamp after the fact. But when she saw the, um, I don't I don't know what the hell they're called, those Egyptian things, it kind of left a bad taste in her mouth because uh, she was kind of bitter about Vamp. Oh, uh, yeah, that's weird. She, I guess, would be a stripper or something in one of those scenes. I guess. It's like, it's like the little Asian guy from 16 Candles takes him to that strip club. And 
what exactly is it? That's the same guy, right? The little Chinese guy? I don't know. Baseball bats. New calendars for baseball. But yeah. All the little leaguers just love them. Ugh. Church groups do. Oh. Okay. So he's selling porn to little leaguers and church groups. That's nice. Let's see if you can go to whole nine innings. He's such a creeper. With a plastic wrap bat. There you go. Yeah, he is. That coat. The bow tie. And the glasses. Yeah. Yeah, he's a pervert. He can barely hold the camera. Oh, great. Bring the bats. <laughs> <laughs> this girl I don't think I've ever seen again. I didn't recognize her. Mm -mm. She's good, though. Some of these these scenes in the beginning kind of drag a little bit for a movie that's an hour and fifteen minutes. But when you watch these kind these these movies in particular, you kind of want to see, you know, Linnea and Michelle. Yeah, they make you wait. Yeah, <laughs> Linnea doesn't show up until a half hour or so into an already short movie. A lot of those old Roger Corman movies are like that, where they're like an hour and five minutes, and you think, hey, this is going to be short. I could just knock this one right out, and it feels like it's about two or three hours long. He was another guy that was... He was good about reusing the same sets numerous times. Oh, yes. Oh, and yes. filming like two or three different movies over several Stock different days. Footage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I used to watch a lot of Roger Corman movies. Um, he did a lot of erotic thrillers in the 90s. Yeah, he did a lot of science fiction. A lot of science fiction. He did some good. A lot of Jack Nicholson's first movies were with Roger Corman. Yeah. Little and uh, Dick Miller. Dick Miller was in a lot of early Roger Corman. Oh, my God. Like Dick Little Miller Shop was of Horrors in like every Woman single. He was in a He's lot in like every of He was awesome. And then, like, Joe Dante brought him back. Yeah. He did a Browns. lot of good cameos in John Landis and a lot of... He was he did cameos in, like, The Howling and The Terminator. Cut short. Mine was just getting started. I came back to my office to dial the number on the map. Cut short. <laughs> Something deep inside may hope there'd be no answer. <sighs> no such luck. A woman picked up the phone. She said she was selling, but not a car. Mercedes was her mm -hmm. name. Low miles, built for comfort, not speed. Whose <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dialogue is so ridiculous? They reuse that same joke twice. Fred Olin Ray's son makes movies too. Really? Mm -hmm. Is he like a junior or what? 
Chris, I think he was like Chris Olinray or Christopher Olinray. Okay. I know that they've worked together on some stuff. It was just a little fairy tale to help the kids sleep at night. At the time, I was a lot more concerned about meeting this mysterious dame. He's probably doing those Hallmark movies with him. If I was on the trail of one of these psychos, I wanted to make sure I didn't end up in a paper bag. But, um, David Dakota, like I was saying before, who does, um, who'd worked with Linnea a lot, um, he, ah, shit, he had... They married in real life, right? Who? David Dakota and Linnea. No. He's gay. Oh, is, oh never mind then. Um, no, she married, um... She married Steve Johnson, who did a uh, he did a, he uh, did the special effects. He did a lot of special effects. I think he worked on Return to Horror High, not Return to Horror, Return of the Living Dead. I think, and no, he he worked on A Nightmare on Elm Street Four because that's when he proposed to her. She said um, right after she had, because she was one of the, the souls in Freddy's chest, mm-hmm. and she had to be all, like, KY'd up. And she said when she was all, you know, greasy from the the KY um, was when he proposed to her. Um, but, no, I was saying that um, David Dakota put the guy who played... Um, Billy in the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, and the guy who played Ricky in Part Two, in a couple Hallmark movies. Then I showed him how to make a shadow bunny on the wall. Really? Mm-hmm. Eric Freeman from Silent Night, Deadly Night too. I Eric thought he only Freeman. made that one movie. No, he did another one with Linnea uh, and David Dakota called Murder Weapon, but he used a different name. Mm-hmm. Um, I should go back and mention that there was a child in that bar when he first walked in. Oh, God. And he was like 10 years old, and he was sitting in front of that martini, and they never really explained why he was there. <laughs> just he was there. And he was talking to the guy beside him, and they just look up at the detective. I, I, I didn't want to let that one slip past. And there we go. So, tell me, uh... Jack. Jack. So, tell me, Jack. How did you come by my number? <coughs> well, um, an acquaintance of mine. Uh, there's, Michelle was in a documentary. Um, I don't remember what it was called. But she was, she was talking about when she left the business and she moved to a small town to to uh, to raise her kids. Um, she had a bit of trouble in the community because, I mean, she didn't go around telling people, you know, I was a former screen queen and I used to do all these movies or anything like that. But some of the parents found out and... Rumors were spread that she had done porn, and 
um, her, she was kind of ostracized, and it was it was really bad. Wow, that sucks. Yeah, I think she had to move. Uh, she and her husband. I'm surprised Linnea hasn't played a stripper more. Me too. Maybe she can't dance. That's that was one of my favorite lines. You could have knocked me over with a pubic hair. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like she can dance very well. No. This is a joke that's been done so many times since this. I think this was one of the first times I'd heard it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you've committed a recent homicide. Yeah, well, if the the whole um, answering machine... Uh, yeah, the answering machine the police department thing. Yeah. Please. That was mostly back when 911 was new, right? Um, I don't think it would. I don't think they did that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like it wasn't like legitimately that. I'm saying that the joke was original when 911 oh, was new. Oh, probably, yeah. I'm not saying that police departments actually had a recording like that. <laughs> Blends into yeah. the shadows with a little bit of shoe polish. Somehow I knew it would be. I just love intelligent men. Yeah, I'm kind of He's really got this uh, noir detective down, private dick. Even with his delivery. I wouldn't be surprised if he improvised some of these lines too. Right, yeah. I've got more luck than anyone should have a right to. Little Jack Lucky. Unfortunately, it's all bad. The sound his forehead makes when it hits the table. Was <laughs> it like a tack hammer in a piece of wood? If my head wasn't hurting so much, I'd have sworn I was in heaven. Heaven for guys who like big I can't believe that this, this is like sentence. I like this girl and I can't remember her name. Um on my way home tonight I found you in the gutter. I thought you were dead. I don't think I know her. You were pumped over me, huh? A lot of people wouldn't have had the nerve to do that. 
I'm so glad you didn't die on me. That would have been awful. Watch it be somebody that's like really. Well, where am I exactly anyway, huh? Um, well known among these movies. I was at a bar with a beautiful girl having a drink, and all of a sudden, lights out. Is that it? Have you seen, um. Oh, uh, Night Nightmare Sisters. No. I was looking through your I think that's. Is that Fred Olenray or is that David Dakota? Um. I remember that one. Uh, I think that one was David Dakota, but that one was a was a bet between him and Fred to see who could make a movie in the shortest amount of time and I think Dave won I think he made uh, Nightmare Sisters in like four days and he had uh, he had Linnea Michelle and Brink um, her voice sounds familiar I'm pretty sure I do know her I just can't I can't place her didn't want you running away before I could get to know you better. Evil Tunes was the movie I was trying to Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. That was a total brain fart. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he did a commentary on that one. Talking about the disclaimer. Like cats in heat. Yeah, he's just a yacker. How dare you act like a pack of wild animals in my mm. He's not a yacker. <laughs> he's not an actor. He's, he's, you know. he's an actor. He's just not a yacker. He, just, he doesn't talk much. Up until finally now. He likes to watch. I have an autographed 8x10 that I got from him because he did a movie with uh, Debbie Rashawn called Hellblock 13. And it's it's Gunnar Hansen, that is. And it's signed by both of them. I got it on Amazon. And it came with a certificate of authenticity. I wonder, I'm hoping it's real. I'm sure it is. He wrote a book or two, also. He did. Well, he re he yeah. re used to write a lot of poetry. Yeah, like it wasn't horror either. I mean, it's actually pretty no. pleasant. Yeah, he was very he was very much an intellectual, but he also wrote a book uh, called Chainsaw Confidential. Um, that's on Audible. Yeah, that's his autobiography, right? I think so. Like I think he didn't want to play in a. He didn't want to play Leatherface in Chainsaw 3D because of. I can't remember what reason it was, but he played one of the guys in the beginning of the movie, with Bill Mosley when they were in the farmhouse when everybody came to shoot the. You know when they shot it up at the very beginning. Well, they had Mar They got Marilyn Burns, back. Cancel that. Be 
side of that chainsaw on the nightstand has my curiosity. It's a very important part of And they wouldn't give him more than scale for Chainsaw 2. And that's why he didn't do it. Much more than that. It is the cosmic link by which all things are united. Really? Oh, really? Mm -hmm. yeah. See, I would have thought it was the other way around. Doesn't seem like you kids have been doing much uniting of anything around here. Well, I wonder how much you got for this. Not very much. I can't imagine. Couple of free meals. He probably got a happy meal. Um, I mean, I would do a movie like this just to be in a movie like this. Yeah, but they don't make movies like this anymore. Not anymore. No. And you know what? I always used to like boggle my mind was I when I was a kid. I knew that these these movies were very low budget and mm -hmm. that they were made for a specific demographic, but I never understood how they were able to make them shoot them on thirty five millimeter. And then I found out about the short end, and I was like, eh, well, that makes sense." But um, Fred talks a lot about using short ends in uh, uh, the Evil Tunes documentary because um, he doesn't really like to use them that much or didn't when he still shot on film because sometimes they would get slightly, it would get slightly exposed and there would be like uh, light around the corners of the screen. You never knew exactly what you were going to get. Oh, yeah. Like it might burn through a break. So what are you gonna do now? Hmm. Uh, and sometimes it didn't match. Because if you know, um, if it was a totally different st stock. But now you go in Tubi and you see all these movies that people shot with their iPhones. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and that the found footage movies are the big thing. Yeah. Half of which are god awful. Maybe I learned something. late for that. We can't trust you to behave yourself. You're making a big mistake, you know. I'm late for that. Don't you worry about that. Oh, this is an official ceremony. Did you like um or have you seen VHS? I haven't seen that yet. I'm familiar with it. Oh, that's a little too weird for me. That one actually got an audio disc described version of it. Very weird. <laughs> that's one of those, I must point out that they've got him tied to the bed, yet they have his coat there on a nice coat hanger. Oh. Yeah, and when that yeah. they do that dance, I'm loving the crazy eyes. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, they're all over this movie. And I don't think, I think that was a conscious decision on her part because she, well, she kind of did the crazy eyes in um, Sorority Babies when she gets possessed. Yeah. Or she's under the influence. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that was for the character, totally. Yeah, and then she sort of made it a trademark, right? Uh, I don't think so. Or she just did it in those two movies. I just think, yeah. In this one, yeah, they're all over. I mean, well, it's hard to rip somebody up with a chainsaw without doing the crazy eyes. <laughs> I used to have this on... DVD. Um, and I remember there's a commentary with Fred and and somebody else. But it's funny because uh, in the opening scene when she kills Bobo Hansen, um, they were kind of ogling her. <laughs> and it was Fred or one of the other guys um, when she kind of leans over to put the plastic on the Elvis picture he goes oh, Michelle Bauer wow yeah uh, Linnea tossed in her autobiography about how she doesn't you know you don't see half of the crew until they go to do a nude scene and then all of a sudden everybody's on set oh yeah and then I like, think that, you know she has to tell the people to get off set because they think just because she's going to do a nude scene that she doesn't mind people watching her naked yeah and she talks about how it's different, like seeing it on screen, than it is to do it in person. Because in person, it's more like an intimate thing, and they have to get people to clear the set. Then, of course, you get the assholes that don't want to leave the set. Well, um, in that situation, you have to make sure the director's got your back. Yeah, and she said they always did because they were so close. Like you said earlier, that they were all like family. Yeah, she worked with a lot of the same and directors. She said she she was pretty assertive as she got older, just telling people to get away from her. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. And it's only it should only the only people on set during a nude scene or a sex scene are the people who absolutely have to be there. Yeah. Um. Craft services are not necessary right now. Go take a break. <laughs> I said I'm staying. Oh, wait. He really hit her. Oh, right then? Yeah, it was yeah. an accident. <laughs> he said he felt really bad. I bet. Yeah, he really, he really did hit her. I was actually in a performance once and somebody did that to me and we just kept running with it. You're an actor? I've done some stage stuff and I've done a little bit of, um, like, a couple of commercials. I got cast to be in a horror movie and they never made it. Like, we did a haunted house to try to finance... Well, I mean, I was hired to be in the haunted house that was supposed to finance the production of the horror movie. And then after the haunted house, they never filmed the movie. Hmm. And that has yet to come to fruition. When was this? About four years ago. Three or four years ago, I did the haunted house. When did you do commercials? 
When I was younger, I was a kid. Go for 2020 vision. Oh, the eyeglass place? Yeah. I remember that. I mean, yeah. I know. I mean, you know, it didn't blossom into anything. But it was pretty funny. And you did stuff on stage? Yes, I did. What did you do? <laughs> but I mean, usually like one act plays and stuff like that. Nothing major. Like community theater type? Uh, high school theater. Oh. Well, that's cool. I did four years of uh, drama in high school. So. Cool. Yeah, I was in drama and I did that. And then I did creative writing also. And then, like, after high school, I just focused more on my writing instead of acting. I was a better writer, to be honest. Yeah, same here. I mean, uh huh. Well, my high school didn't have creative writing, um, so I just did that on my own. Um, drama, I actually got grades for because it was an elective. And I loved I loved um, playing on stage because uh, we did two shows a year. It was always fun, even though the show sucked and I knew I sucked. Um, but... I used to, because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> it's sad, but it's Please. true. <laughs> um, but I didn't have any friends. So a lot of the time during lunch, I would just go to the computer lab to write. I used to write short stories in the computer lab or on in the library during lunch. Or read a book. That's cool. Our trauma class, we did more like one-act plays and... Like spot on, like short pieces, and we were. It was part of the forensics team, and we would go to tournaments and stuff like that. So, oh wow! Like I actually lettered in high school for acting, and then I Shit. went to the. We had a fine arts center in the county that everybody from the various different high schools you could audition for, and I had to send writing samples to it and interview with a creative writing teacher, mm-hmm. and I got accepted to that. So my junior and senior year. I would do half of the day at high school and then half of the day in my creative writing class at a different school. Wow. So by the time I got more involved in that, I didn't really have time to do the um, drama as much. I didn't do that in my senior year. My my high school was uh, performing arts high school. Um... Not a very good one. It wasn't fame. Um, but, uh, yeah, you get the dance majors, drama majors, orchestra, vocal. And then we would all collaborate to do a Christmas show and a spring show. It was like a variety show type thing. And I wrote, um, I wrote a couple of uh, one-act plays. Um, that we did. It's cool. Um, they weren't good, but they probably seemed good back then. They did, yeah. Yeah, as a friends, we try to write some scripts and then act in the movies and like film them with their video cameras. And- those are those old ass video cameras that you had to hook up to the VCR. 
and I record it from the camera onto a VHS tape. Mm. We made movies like this look great, though. <laughs> I love how in these it's like the background's moving, but the guy in the car, they're sitting still. Why the wind never blows his matches out. I think it has something to do with importing and exporting. Oh, yeah. The old in out routine. <laughs> Jeez, you wish they'd have some kind of a sign. <laughs> Look there! Temple this way. Yeah, that's easy to find. <laughs> How'd you miss that, you stupid <laughs> bastard? <laughs> you didn't see it? So was it her sister who was killed or it was her friend? I think it was her friend, wasn't it? Yes, I don't believe it's mentioned her sister. She's just here because of the missing persons case. That's how he found her. No, she's... She ran away because she wanted to avenge um, her friend, because her friend was in the chainsaw cult, and they killed her. And so she was trying to infiltrate. But um, yeah, they thought that she ran away, and so that's what that's what her parents. Well, her mom. It's 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 actually. <laughs> It's actually a multi-layered story. Yeah, because the stepfather was involved, and she, the stepfather was evidently a creeper, and this guy wanted to no, no. The mother thought the mother thought that that he he was doing something, but then he her, wasn't. That's why, but he wasn't. Because <laughs> so she was kicked, bummed so out that the stepfather out was gone. Yeah. Oh. Is he the guy that played in the tomb? That other Fred Olin Ray movie. I didn't see that. This would be the same Indiana Jones hat. Oh, Jay Richardson, probably. Yeah, he worked with Fred a lot. Thanks. Nothing. Yeah, you're kind of cute too. Especially those beautiful. Did you find her skin book? I found it online. It goes for like a hundred something dollars. Mm. What on eBay? Yeah, yeah, eBay and like a books. It's hard to find. It. You can't find a copy for a reasonable price. But it's a pretty good concept. It's like her and some of the other scream queens. And it's making fun of the Madonna sex book. Sort of. Yeah, it's like a parody of sex. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. I remember when that book came out, how huge it was. Oh, yeah. it's like It was shrink-wrapped in the bookstores, and it was like 50 yeah. bucks. And it was like back behind the counter, so all you could do was look at it and be like, man. It was probably like ninth well, or 10th grade. You've been very 
Yeah, I was 11 when it first came out, and I was a big fan. And I, really yeah, I was a one. huge Madonna fan, but I was never able to get that book. I mean, I finally got one. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got it. On oh my god! Well, I they had them still um, in the Mylar wrapping, but I didn't want one of those because I wanted to look at it. Um, but the one I got, it's like it was. It's in good condition. It's still it's on my shelf. Um, but the only thing that's wrong with it is it's like the back, the metal corner of the back is kind of curved a little bit inward, but you really can't even tell. It's it's very, very slight. Um, so yeah, all things considered, it's in really good condition. Yeah, I wanted the sex book for years. I wanted. Mm. I still do now that you brought it up again. I almost forgot about. It. I mean, she's like written children's books and stuff like that by now. Oh yes, and those I are pretty good. I mean, you know, if you read, oh, do you? Mm-hmm. Excellent. I checked them out at the library, but yeah, I always wanted to look at the sex book. So good of you to drop by, Mr. You could look at it online. She did. Yeah. It sort of slid through the cracks for a long time. I can't believe they didn't do a reprint because it was so huge when it first came out. True, yeah, they did Justify My Love, and then you think they would have re-released it when the Immaculate Collection was big. It's probably uh, a little too late to make a big deal out of re-releasing it by now. Sex book was after Immaculate Collection. Was it? Okay. So it was after Justify My Love. It was. In the video, and that video was controversy. And, okay. Forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There's a statue of the Egyptian goddess. That's what ties us back to Dorian Gray. Oh. There's two cats there. You like cats? I do. I love cats. You have any? Yes, I do. I've always had a cat at some point or another. I had one for 18 years, Mr. Bayer, and he passed away. And then Aww. these feral cats in the neighborhood adopted us. And like now, they'll come and go in the house, and they're not even feral with us anymore. Pretty cool domesticated house cat, but they won't come to anybody else. Do you have cats? No. I love them, though. I'm a big animal person. That old-school oil can that he just... See, there's Dookie Flyswatter right there. He's the guy pouring the oil into the chainsaw. That's the bartender. He's got a jawbone around his neck. Was there not canned applause? Yeah, <laughs> no, they couldn't even get the actors to clap. Knocking shit over. These really aren't even tricks. No, it's just like. It's, <laughs> and now he's. Uh, he <laughs> has to be hammered. Come forward, High Priestess of Anubis. Come forth and serve thy master. 
And these are the catacombs that they had in Vamp. They were done on yeah. the street? Yes. Go forth. Go to the faithful that they may taste the blood of Anubis. The blood is the life. Yeah, I think that was a, a New World movie. So it was Roger Corman. Um, yeah, so it, it, it makes sense. Um, cause all these guys, they were all in the same circle, even though they didn't necessarily make movies for the same companies. A lot of these movies, um, uh, like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and Sorority Babes and stuff, they, they were generally under boutique, um, labels or, uh, they have very limited video distribution. Um, cause, uh, I remember sorority babes was under urban classics and that was one of, um, fucking what the fuck's his name? Um, from full moon. Oh, Charles uh, Richard Ban. Ban. Uh, Charles Ban. Charles Ban. Yeah. Sorry. I blanked out watching her play with a fire there. Yeah, Charles Band yeah. did a yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a few. He had a few different like small video. Uh, it's big thing. Video. Yeah, there was a Full Moon Entertainment or Blue Moon. Full, full Moon. Full Moon started was when he did like Doll Man and Puppet Master and the Transfer. Yeah, movies. Puppet Master was the first one. Before before uh, Full Moon, yeah, he had like a few. Uh, Empire was another one. Um. And then, yeah, he condensed, and um, his his idea was to make um, straight-to-video movies that had the same quality, or at least close to it, as the theatrical horror films yes. of that time. But yeah, that that idea kind of went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> within a span of a couple years. Well, I mean, they started out pretty strong, but then once you got up to Puppet Master 10, where they're going back in time and the Germans are involved, and it got a little hectic. Yeah, it got it got a little convoluted but, with the whole I mean, Nazi. It, it, it looked a lot better in the 80s and 90s than it did in the early 2000s when they still kept trying to do it. David Dakota did a few of those, too. The Dance of the Double Chainsaws is really is just Linnea just waving the chainsaws. Yeah, and you can see her arms straining, trying to hold up both of those things. Yeah, they're they're not light. She said it took over eight hours to put that makeup on. And that's the makeup you were talking about earlier, where that looked like on network television, they thought it was an actual bikini. Yeah, they didn't know that her her boobs were out. Yeah, um, they're totally. But yeah, so I remember her boyfriend was, was coloring them in. Like every, they had like the whole crew because they had to get it done. It was taking too long. I don't think um, it's very elaborate. It was only supposed to take two hours, but it, it, yeah, I don't think Fred knew it was going to be as elaborate as it ended up being. But because, I mean, it was um, worth it. It's like the oh. all that I don't know. I don't think the sequin bikini bottom goes with it. They couldn't go totally nude. 
No, but I'm, I think they should have gotten something that was a little more less Christmas matched a little. No. Yeah, something not quite as shiny. <laughs> they could have found something that was green and yellow, or just like maybe just like a plain black. That would have been fine. But like the headband's not as distracting. Hmm. I wonder how many people passed out from that. Uh, I'm sure people were probably because lightheaded. There's a very, very distinctive smell that those things make. Yeah, the gas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I was in the haunted house and we did it, like part of the thing we were in this elevator that it would shake, and this thing led up like it was an electrical booth, and there was this doll that was like a skeleton that was getting electrocuted, and then the guy with the chainsaw came in waving it around. And so the chainsaw was in that enclosed room for a few minutes while everybody's screaming their heads off. Not so not so long as they were there. Prepare to meet a new Yeah, well I'll just uh, scurry on home and slip into my tux. <laughs> Leatherface can't work a chainsaw. This is a uh, yeah, no. <laughs> First time mechanic bullshit. You don't know who I am. <laughs> These cops, they're moving a little faster than a lot of cops in horror movies. I know exactly where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they left the sign up. That, that was smart. Mm -hmm. You know, they could have taken that cardboard sign down and they would have gotten away with the whole thing. He was, um, he lived a, a, a good life, didn't he, Gunnar Hansen? Yeah, yeah, he just passed away. It was just a couple of years after they did the three Hollywood or Chainsaw 3D. Um, he was definitely, he had snow white hair. I think it was 2016. He was what? 2016? I think it was 2016 when he passed away, yeah. Okay. Did you see the the um, one that just came out a few years ago that was just called Leatherface? I did. Well, yeah. they were. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of Leatherface. There was a Leatherface was part three. Yeah, no, the one that just came out that was it was I think it's the most recent one. Yeah, that was the one that came out right after. The, uh, there was a Jessica Beale, and then there was a prequel to the Jessica Beale, the ones that had Lee Ermey. Yeah. And then, the, and then the 3D was a direct sequel to the first one. Yes. And then the one, the Leatherface leather was like an origin story. Yeah. Where he was yeah. taking the pieces of skin and tying them up into the mask. That was pretty know. good. Really? I, I heard mean, nothing but. Horrible reviews for that one. It was, I mean, it was no Hannibal Rising, but it, <laughs> I mean, it, it had some weird stuff. It was all right. I know there were some pretty decent actors in it. Some recognizable yeah, that was names. Sort of like, where he was? Did you watch it or you just here? No, he was like I younger didn't. and he had like a moral crisis about it, and then he just like finally snaps and. He had to choose, like, the family over the other people. I'd almost forgotten about that until you mentioned it. What was... 
pretty forgettable from what I hear. The one they're working on now is sounds really good. And that's the, the one, one that's that, just uh, called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, something, yeah, I think it's supposed to pick up. I think it's a direct sequel to the first one also. Oh, God. Maybe, or if it ties into part three. I'm not sure, but... Uh, well, yeah. What's his name, oh. McBride? That's, um, Danny McBride? Yeah. He, he helped Holly write the script of the last yeah. Alien movie and a couple of other horror movies recently. Well, huh. He's huh. involved with it. Well, he shouldn't be taking any credit for Halloween Kills because that was a bunch of bullshit. I thought they were okay. It was decent. Uh, I mean, it has some shit that I could have done without. And they all went away. I really, I just thought Halloween 2018 was kind of, eh. But Halloween Kills, I fucking hated. It was, I mean, I liked it. It was, it was a decent middle of a trilogy sequel because it just starts in with the gore and it keeps going. Anthony Michael Hall was all right. No, he wasn't. I always like to see him, Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> no, he was. If if I see Anthony Michael Hall, generally I'm okay. My my main issues with it were the fact that they had um, just uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was pretty well wasted because um, she and Will Patton were just in the hospital. It was almost like they just spent two or three days filming their scenes and then intermixed them with the rest of the movie. My biggest issue was it was completely unnecessary because. They already did it before with Halloween H2O. And I don't like that they ignored part two. Samantha Kelso? Isn't that a name? Isn't that, isn't that um... A character name from something. Jack Kelso? Samantha Kelso. Samantha Kelso. Samantha Kelso, yes. Isn't that Molly Ringwald's name in 16 Candles or something? I gotta I Google remember. that shit. I'm almost positive that's... that's that this means... guy's just melted. Melted away like toxic waste. Yeah. Yeah, but who gives a shit? Life goes on, right? Just about wraps it up for this case. Yeah. That'll never come back to haunt us. None of that will. No. That wraps everything. Yeah, everything's over now. You know that they're. It's. Uh, um, it's the clouds don't even move in their stock picture. It's. It's been up in the air for a few years now, but um, they were toying with uh, doing a sequel to uh, Slimeball Ballarama. It was Man. called Sorority, Bla- Sorority Babes in the Bolorama of Death, and it was horrid. No, 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 no. It's a new one, um, and they're going to have – If it, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's, what, um, what the holdup is or, or what, but David Dakota was supposed to write and direct it, and Linnea and Michelle and Brink all said that they were going to be in it, and then it never happened. Mother was happy when she really did you see the Bolorama of death how terrible I that saw was? that one yeah Jesus Christ I bought it on a VHS on eBay and I swear to God it was like some high schoolers filmed it on a video camera I got it in uh, it was in a, a, a set it was one of those sets of like 50 movies it was called tomb a tomb of terrors and it was 
it was a uh, a box set of like four movies per disc, and it was on there. Okay. And that was the main reason why I bought it for that piece of shit. Yeah, I got it for. Uh, I can't remember how much I paid for it. Too much that it was. Some of the movies because- on there weren't too too bad well they're bad but they're tolerable um they're like bad and you know the fun kind of way because like tiffany shepherds is in some of them mm-hmm. um but um yeah that was the main reason why i got it um there's another one called it's not related but it's called sorority girls and the creature from hell that one's not too good either i haven't seen that one that one was around that that time. It was like 89, 90, something like that. What was the one that Rita Mae Brown wrote? She was Slumber a Party Massacre. Yeah, Slumber Party Massacre. That was awesome. That one, and there was like two or three of them. Uh, yeah. You don't follow <laughs> me on... <laughs> you don't read my posts too much. You don't know what an obsessive Slumber Party fan I am. Or fanatic. Oh, yes. And <laughs> um, I have been fucking, you don't know. I have, part three is actually my favorite movie of all time. And really? I have been, yes, I have been um, fucking given or trying to, they don't, they don't answer me. Uh, Scream Factory, a hard time because they put out, uh, two and three together on a Blu-ray, which is out of print now. Mm-hmm. And there, there's an, a there's a theatrical cut of part three that's 75 minutes, and then there's the extended cut that came out on DVD that's 87 minutes. And they used the remastered 35 millimeter print and interspliced the uh, standard definition uh, scenes that were cut. And it looks like shit. And uh, it's a totally different sound mix. And every time there's a cut, it's like so in your face. And this came out in 2017. And my vision was not was not great. I'll say that. But I, it, it wasn't particularly good either. I was still having a lot of difficulties. And I noticed everything. And if somebody with a serious visual problem can see how fucked up this shit is, it's pretty fucked up. And <laughs> I kept tweeting, I kept tweeting them saying, "Are you ever going to put out a better edition of Slumber Party 3? I really want you to put out a better edition." They never answer me ever. Difficult. Diff- it's difficult to do. Like they had a version of the Big Sleep, and there's two different versions of that with Bogart, and it's Bacall, right? They send that with him. Yeah. I don't know that one. I think it's what we're called, The Big Sleeve, the Raymond Chandler movie. I'm over here talking anyway. about fucking... Okay, so anyway, like, there B were two slasher, versions of that. B-slasher um, movies, and you're talking about, I'm like, you know, it. I'm classic Hollywood cinema. It. They made two versions of that. Um, yeah. One of them, like, the woman was too veiled, and so they said that they didn't have enough of her screen presence-wise mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. test, and the audience test said they filmed a second version. Well, I found a bootleg that some guy had made... 
Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you used to get the VHS catalogs in the mail and get all these bootleg things, and he had spliced together the two versions of The Big Sleep into this three-hour-long thing where it had, like, the scenes from each one of them. And it went back and forth between screen quality and sound quality as well. Mm -hmm. And the other one I have, if if you like The Exorcist 3 and Legion, William Peter Blatty's director's cut of Legion has, like, it's all Brad Dourif and it doesn't have the Jason Miller scenes and it doesn't have the exorcism scenes and it's George C. Scott and Brad Dourif through the whole thing, mm-hmm. which is a lot of philosophical talking and it's mostly dialogue instead of, you know, in your face, flashy violence and all of that stuff. But what they had left over of the shots were the dailies and the dailies didn't get destroyed. So it's like, you can see where the, it, the produced part comes up, ends, the daily begins and the whole quality yeah. of the film changes. And, you know, yeah. the, the finished product is a good thing, but a lot of people complain, like you said, about the whole thing without the, with the continuity. Well, yeah, a lot of people do like, a, a lot of people do like Exorcist 3, um, uh, the theatrical version. But um, from what I hear, the version that you're talking about is far superior. And the only thing holding them back from releasing it is they don't, they don't have the original materials to do it i think all they have uh is on vhs so yes so that's all that's available yeah well they use the dailies like i said they've got it like the it's a two-disc collection and you can get it on blu-ray and it might have been scream factory that released that one also but it's good but it's like if you're a fan of william peter blatty and you like the novel legion you'll appreciate the director's cut much better but it, you know, Hollywood wanted the preacher and they wanted the exorcism because they said it couldn't be Exorcist Three without an exorcism and without you know, so they brought back Jason Miller and evidently Jason Miller had such a drinking problem by that point that he couldn't memorize lines. Oh yeah. So they could feed him a line and then he parrot it back, but he couldn't like do the whole long speeches that Brad Dourif could, and so they cut it where he would have his shot and then they'd have Brad Dourif spout some words out, but his. But in the other one, they just take Jason Miller out completely, and it's all Brad Dourif. And mm-hmm. then they brought in Noble Willingham or whatever to play, or Nigel, was it Nigel? Whatever the hell his name was, to play the priest. And they put the age makeup on him. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I like both I versions of it, but I like the Legion of the Director's Cut. But. I haven't read Legion, but I have read the original, the original Exorcist. It's a really good book. I was yes. I was glad that they stayed so true to it with the movie. But um so that was Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. A cult classic. Nice, yes, and that I was mean a good that one. sincerely. Do you have any thoughts you'd like to share on the movie? I am good. I just I love it. I love some Detective Noir. I like Linnea Quigley. It's nice to see Gunnar Hansen's face for a change. Mm-hmm. Like the the double chainsaw dance, dance of the double, whatever it's called. Um, and the fire eater. All that stuff was so ridiculously obviously padding. <laughs> and the movie's only 75 minutes Jesus yeah Christ. right it seemed like it was a little bit longer than that 
Okay. Um, but it has some pretty no. good dances and some pretty good crazy eyes. Yes. Yeah, it sort of, sort of brings back some no. childhood memories. <laughs> oh. All right. Mostly from hiding in the video store and finding all of those movies, not so much from watching Chainsaw Dances. Mm. Mm. Take that in whatever context you may. Mm-hmm. And finding porn in the woods. There's no. some, well, sometimes you do. Why else would you go in the woods? <laughs> It's like a snipe hunt, only there's a porno magazine instead of a snipe. Oh. You boys go in the woods and don't come out until you find that issue a nugget. Oh. Nugget. Then the kids never come out of the woods. Yeah, that's bad. We don't want that. No, we don't. Okay. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All that right. well, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah. But I want to say thank you to Charlie for joining me this uh, for the second go round. It's definitely a lot of fun. It's always yes. fun to watch. Thanks for having around. me. That was I had a great time. Absolutely, and you're definitely welcome back um, for some more commentaries and. Um, Yes, I want to say thank you as well for everybody to everybody listening and who stayed to the bitter end, as I always say. And until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.